previously on Whose Dice Are These Anyway? He's like, well, I'm so happy that I could get the two of you over here to, to help me out with this. I've just been swamped with, with other cases and other things going on. I just need some people to kind of deal with that. To kind of collect his assets, sell off whatever isn't small and shippable over to France. You know what I mean? Uh, Mike pulls up. Sweet. Yeah, he just dropped me off here. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, hi, uh, excuse me, Detective Martin Rocco, uh, LAPD. Are you guys the, with the law firm, the Duncan and Associates? All right. uh, I just need you to sign this. He slides a form that's like the release form. And uh, that's just saying, like, we're giving you everything that we took back. There's an inventory on here of the things we took. Yeah, I'll pop it open. If you pop them open, you find that Boardwalk Dreams, the film's all there. Like it's supposed to be, you pop open through smoke and mirrors. There's nothing in it. Ooh. We're back in the library. A fire crackling in the hearth. The reader, looking through his tome bound in human skin, looks up and sees the audience. Oh, hi there. You're back. Well, good. I was worried you might have been frightened away. How about we start episode three together, shall we? Let's start with another little scene. We open on a house, dimly lit by the early morning sun. The camera pans around the walls of this home, showing pictures of a young couple, fresh-faced. We pass by a calendar that lets us know it's the morning of October 3rd, 1932. And then finally we come to rest on a photo, a framed photo, of a newspaper article that says Detective Nathan Gleason catches serial arsonist. The camera then cuts to the bedroom. Detective Gleason is standing there, dressing himself, and as he finishes, he tightens up his tie and winces. (sighs) He looks down at his knuckles, crudely bandaged up, but he grits his teeth and finishes the motion before striding out of the room. We hear his footsteps as he makes his way towards the door, punctuated every so often by the sound of crunching glass underfoot. As he reaches the door, though, something happens. A sound begins to build in his head. It becomes louder and louder. There's no specific description of the sound, per se. There's no word to describe what it is he's hearing, just dissonant noises. A cacophony in his head that's growing stronger and stronger. And as he reaches for the door, he can't reach it. He can't get there. He can't turn the knob. Because now, despite the trembling figure we see, Detective Gleason can't move. Finally, he whispers, Shut up! Shut up! He pulls his hand back, and the sound dies down in his mind. He pulls out a cigarette, lights it, takes a long, steadying drag, and then, as if to trick whatever's causing this sound in his mind, he leaps for the door, throws it open, and is outside in one swift act. The sound's gone. He's all alone in his yard. His neighbor looks over at him, 
a little confused by the dramatic exit of the once respectable Detective Gleason. Gleason just nods at him, gives him a slight wave, and makes his way over to his car. Out of habit as he starts the car up, he checks the mirrors and instantly regrets it. He shuts his eyes tight, hoping that he can dismiss the image, but knowing that he can't. He carefully opens them, avoiding the mirrors, and gets out. He walks over to the side of the car, takes out his gun, and cracks it over the mirror, shattering it. He goes to the other side of the car and does the same. Once the rearview mirrors are removed, he returns to the driver's seat and pulls away. Now we cut to the police station. We see Detective Martin Rocco enter. He greets his co-workers, makes his way over to his desk. Detective Gleason moves quickly from his and reaches Rocco just as he sits down. Hey, uh, Martin, I, I need a favor. Uh, you know the, the guy case? The, the suicide from last week? Yeah, yeah, I know it. I, I need you to return the evidence to the house. Uh, the law firm that's dealing with all that shit, they, they need it. I figured, uh, you kind of owe me one for, for covering for you while you were gone. And, you know, maybe you could call them and, and drop it off. Uh, yeah, sure, man. I can do that. No problem. Just, uh, is it that box on your desk? Nathan turns around and looks. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, I'm I'm just not feeling up to it today. If, uh, if you don't mind handling this for me. No, man, I don't mind at all. Besides, I like you said, uh, I owe you one. And frankly, you're not looking too good. You might want to take a sick day yourself. Yeah, yeah, I might do that. Thanks, man. Thanks. We see Nathan Gleason turn around and walk back towards his desk. He's got a few more things to do today before he can go home, but at least this is off his plate. At least the box is out of his hands. And as we pass the box, we see the slip of paper on top, and it reads, Through Smoke and Mirror, Episode 3, Inventory. Welcome to Whose Dice Are These Anyway, an actual play podcast where the stories are made up and the rules barely matter. I'm Patrick. I'm Weston. I'm Mason. And I'm Matt. And this is Whose Dice Are These Anyway. Alright, welcome back to another exciting adventure, or maybe terrifying adventure, with Whose dice are these anyway? Uh, before we get started, I'm gonna I'm really gonna try to remember this every episode, but I'm I remembered it this episode. We are going to give you some more luck. Or we're gonna try to. Alright. So you are going to basically make like a luck improvement roll, which means you need to pull up your character sheet. You wanna roll luck, and basically you want to fail. Uh this luck roll. I almost, Where do we? I almost oh, we just roll a D one hundred, right? Yes, or you might be able to actually just click luck. I'd actually maybe not on your character sheet. It might not roll it like 
Uh, oh, it did. It did. I got a forty-eight over forty-five. Okay, so that's good. So you failed this. Yes. And in this particular instance, that's a good thing. Okay. So now you get to roll a one d six, and add that. I think it's one d six. Let me double check that. But uh... oh no, it's a one d ten. Excuse me. So you're gonna roll one d ten, and add that number to your luck score. Okay. Uh, I rolled a six. Perfect. So your luck is now going to go up by six, which should bring you, if I'm looking at this right, to 51. That sounds right. What did you get, uh, Mason, for your luck roll? Well, mine, I succeeded, which I guess is bad now, but... uh, (laughs) I oh, got yeah, I see it. It says you got... 24 over 40. So Right, you're 24 under 40. Or 24 so under success. 40. Yeah, so unfortunately you don't get any more luck today. Mm. But Unlucky me. Yeah. I thought about maybe doing it on, like, the actual days, like, the shift in days in the game. Like, you're still in the middle of the first day. But I feel like that's going to get complicated and, like, I'm going to forget. So it's just easier if we do it every time we start an episode. Sure. <laughs> and if they, if it starts getting crazy, though, again, you're probably going to need the luck. So I don't know. I don't think I'm going to begrudge <laughs> begrudge you a little extra if it, if it works out in your favor. So, uh, so we got that bookkeeping out of the way. And feel free to remind me as we start episodes if I just start launching into something like hey i want more luck uh we can do that but just a brief recap which i know our listening audience already got the previously on but you guys have just started looking into kind of dealing with the estate of joseph guy you've been given a box with his kind of personal effects the evidence that the police took from his home you found some letters You found uh, his bank statement, and there were a couple of canisters of film, and the last thing you guys did was discover that one of the the film inside, that should be inside that canister, is not there, and that's where we ended it last week. Uh, Last little bit of bookkeeping is I've also made, or I've uh, shown the tokens for different characters on the side of the bulletin board. If you look over there, you should see... Uh, James Duncan, Martin Rock, Detective Martin Rocco, the secretary and the paralegal from your law office that you work at, and as well as Joseph Guy, uh, just images for them. You're free to move anything, all the evidence, all these tokens, they're all up for you to move around and position in whatever way you want to. This is designed for you to like help you solve the mystery. It's not really for me. So you can just leave those there. You can move them around. It's whatever you want to do to help you kind of make sense of what's going on. Cool. Well, looks like the cops made off with the film. Or it wasn't in there when the cops recovered the items. Well, you read the inventory sheet that it did it just say film canisters or did it say the actual films? 
Um, one second. As I flip through my pile of uh, papers. Um, one set. Uh, official inventory list that we got from Detective Rocco is it says two films so you know, I've, kind of vague I've, well it's not really I think uh, they took one of the films also I'm going to say it again no detective worth his salt you know thinks this was a suicide uh, without some extracurricular activities going on around here ah So, all, all I can tell you for now is I don't trust these cops. Okay. Probably a good call. Yeah. But technically, it doesn't affect our job to sell off this guy's possessions any. True. Well. Or take, I guess well, we're supposed we don't to take have an inventory and sell them. <laughs> Now we're missing some of the possessions. Just one that I can see. Yeah. The Through Smoke and Mirrors movie. You want to look around? See, uh... Actually... Let's take a look at this projector. Uh, see if there's any remnants of film left in it or anything. Oh, yeah. It's all fucked up, right? It looked like somebody shot it. Correct. It does look like someone tried it. Um, if I, I don't even think you need to roll anything for this. A cursory glance will tell you there's no film in the all right. uh, projector, and uh, there you could, like there's a bullet in there. Like you can, if you like, really start taking it apart. It's broken, so it's not like you can <laughs> break it more. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, sure. Um, so it's really however thorough you want to be, but I'm just going to say if you kind of look in through where the bullet hole is, you can see one in the back. Like, Okay. It's in there. Hmm. Is there a... Do you know if there's a working phone in here? Do you remember seeing one as we... Yeah, you've passed a, a phone or two. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to go to the nearest phone, pick it up, see if it's working. Yep, there's a... I don't... <laughs> so I started doing some research on phones in the 1930s. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there's a dial tone per se, but there's definitely like... You pick it up, and if you just kind of stay on the line, eventually the operator will come on. Yeah, or it's a pulse. Or you can like kind of jiggle the... Yeah, the, it's a pulse system instead of a tone system. Right, so you can uh, do that to get an operator. Yes, the phone's but, uh, working. How okay, crazy! I'll, I'll ask. I'll ask the. I oh, know, right? I'll ask the operator. Um, can you give me the? Um, did he tell us what police station he worked at? Like, he gave you a phone number, which yeah. I oh. did look up. If you give, uh, if you give a specific phone number, they they that's one way that the operator will direct you. Perfect. I'll give her that phone number. Okay. Uh, yes, hold on. Just a, just a moment, please. And you Thank you. 
chick chick as you're exchanged uh, across to whatever line, and you can hear a phone ringing, probably. Um, bring, <laughs> 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 uh, bring, 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 bring. It's it's ringing, but nobody's answering. And then finally, the operator comes back on and says, "I'm so I'm so sorry. Uh, no one seems to be picking up the line." Okay. Uh, question from Matt, not the operator. We are in Hollywood area right now? Yeah, I don't know okay. exactly what side of the... You might technically be not in Hollywood. But yeah, that's the general area. Okay. Uh, well, then can you just connect me to the uh, Hollywood division of the Los Angeles Police Department, please? Uh, yes, sir. Just hold on a minute. Thank check, you. Check, check, check. Uh, it rings a couple times, a woman answers. Uh, hello, L.A. Police Department, Hollywood Division. Hi, yes, ma'am. Um, I need to speak to uh, Detective Nathan Gleason, please. Uh, sure, hold on. Uh, Thank she, you. like, you can hear the phone being set down, but not obviously hanging up. Right. <laughs> and uh, you can hear kind of in the background just the buzz and chatter of a police station. Sure. And she comes back a minute later. She's like, I, I'm so sorry. He apparently just stepped out for lunch. Uh, can I take a message? Sure. Um, it's noon, so this would like make sense with. Okay. Um, oh, I've already forgotten what the address is, but can you tell them that this? Uh, can you tell them that uh, some employees of the law offices of Mister James Duncan are at? You know, XXX, whatever mm-hmm. avenue or boulevard or whatever. It down. Uh-huh. Um, and, we're, we're uh huh. And the residents of the late Joseph Guy Blanche. Right. And we have some uh, some information relating to the case. Information relating to the case. Okay. Of Mr. Uh, I'm sorry. I thought I heard someone else on the line. Is Mr. Joseph Guy? Is that? Yes, that's correct. Okay. She's. You can hear her writing. She's like, I will let him know when he gets back from lunch. Uh, is there a number I can reach you at? I'm at, uh, is the number anywhere on the phone? We can give the address and they can. Yeah, you actually, the address. Yeah. The, yeah, she, yeah, yeah, you just say that and she's like, uh, oh, sure, of course. Blah, 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 blah. Right. Writes it down. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. And she hangs up. All right. Bye. <laughs> oh, how creepy. We're going to have to stay here until he calls us back. I think we're going to be here a lot. phone number we get. (laughs) I'm ready to go. (laughs) I can tell. I think our job is still in the box. I think our job is literally to be here for Uh. a while. So here's my thinking, George. I want to ask Detective Gleason... If, if there was a film in this when he took it into evidence, that way we'll know if um, Detective Rocco may have taken it. But um, I don't know. I feel like if we're gonna really get this fellow's widow or what is she again? Sister, I think. His sister. sister get his sister the most money we can then it's probably going to come from his last film um yeah that's a good which point probably 
you know, people are a lot more famous after they die. So, um, I think somebody got that same idea. So, we're going to have to look into this. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, maybe we can just look around the house and see what's here and start this taking is, inventory. Yeah, this is just because we it's been a week since we've played, but keep, there are other things in that box. You did not finish going through everything in the box. Oh, we didn't. Okay. And you can go through the house before you get back to the box. I'm just trying to remind you because I your characters would be in the scene in that moment knowing they hadn't gone through everything, but I know it's then I think week. I think we would just go through the rest of the things that are in the box. Yeah. Okay, so we did... Do we do all three pieces of mail? Uh, yes, you did the three pieces of mail. You did the films. Um, you've seen. You've uh, looked at the gun. All right. So for and so the I listeners, think- what we have left on this official inventory is a set of pajamas, a handgun, uh, thirty-two caliber Smith and Wesson, a date book. And then the we've already gone through three pieces of mail and two films. Missing through the smoke and mirror. But I hold up the canister. We got a copy of Boardwalk Dreams. You know, is there any way we can um is there any way we can make sure that's Boardwalk Dreams and not the other one? Oh my god. Can we hold it up to the light and see uh, the title page? Just like the first scene of this whole thing. <laughs> so, yeah, if you just hold it up to the light, and mm-hmm. again, you're not trying to watch the whole movie, you're just looking right. for a, a shot that says, like, the title card. Yeah, you eventually find one that says Boardwalk Dreams. Okay. Or probably several, because I'm sure it's on there for more than a split second. But, you know, subliminal messaging. There's one little thing that says, "Actually, this is through the smoke and mirrors." Or yeah, yeah. It says boardwalk dreams, and if you stop right there, that's it. But if you go one more frame, it says "JK through smoke and mirrors." Yeah, with a middle finger for you got me there, Henry mm-hmm. Cavetto. <laughs> No, okay, it's anyway. Boardwalk Dreams. That's the right. film that is okay. in your possession. Got it. Alright, I pull out the date book. I'm like, let's see if this guy has any hot dates. Okay, so this is going to be several pages. But something to, real quick to write down in your notes um, in general is that every... Well, not every, but almost every Monday... He has, like, a standing, like, it says, like, go to theater. Like, he's got, he goes to the movies every Monday. But I'm not going to give you 365 pages of (laughs) handouts to show you that he goes to the movies. We appreciate that, man. Most Mondays. So I'm telling you to write that down on your own notes. It won't appear on any of these uh, sheets, but it is in the book. And it's worth knowing about him. Every Monday. But otherwise... Every Monday. Otherwise, most of it is just kind of banal uh, stuff that doesn't seem to, you know, sometimes he'll say, like, you know, need to pick up bread or, you know, some, like, grocery thing that'll occasionally come up, but it's not of interest. But I've included five uh, pages that are, that do have some different things on them. 
and I'm going to give those to you now or show them to you. They might come in out of order because it's a little bit hard. So you can, again, you'll be able to move these around so that you can look at them best. Nice. And so they should be starting to appear for you. Yes, I can see Thursday the 2nd. Okay, so you should be able to see all those and put them in whatever order so that you can read them. And then you'll, again, if you could read them for the listening audience. No. They can read them to themselves. (laughs) Well, that would be very hard for them. This is the perfect medium. We're all just quiet for 15 minutes while we read our notebook. <clears throat> All right, I'll start. Okay. I have, yep, perfect. Thursday, June second, nineteen thirty-two. So this is a few months prior, because right now it's October third. Mean Girls, right? Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so a few months ago, Thursday, June second, at ten o'clock a.m., he had a TS and M pre-pro meeting with HQ, JB, DL, and SP. And then at 5 o'clock, he was supposed to call Paramount. Alright, and then on Tuesday, June 7th, 1932, at 9am, he has scouting. (laughs) And at 12pm, lunch with HB. I can continue reading if you want to take notes. Oh, yeah, please. Mm. Monday, July 18th, 1932, 6 a.m., filming all day. And then about halfway down the page in red ink, uh, call R, triple exclamation point, can't film in Mexico till issue is resolved, exclamation point. Ooh, spicy. It is spicy. It's in red. (laughs) Um, And then Monday, August 15th, 1932, 10 a.m., flight to Mexico. Call Javier Ruiz. Gives his number. Secure access to temple location. Temple? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, unless that's Tempe, Arizona. I don't know. I believe it's Temple location. but Yes, um, it does say Temple. Okay. <laughs> uh, Tuesday, September 6th, 1932, 6 a.m., reshoots. Send R a thank you. And that is it. And then 364 Mondays... <laughs> Uh, where they all say he goes to the movies. So that's what we've got. Let's check out a flick. What time does he go to the movies every Monday? I guess usually the probably evening. wouldn't be the it's, same time, huh? It's always after 5 p.m. Okay. Like. Okay. Well, well, well. I look up, I'm like, what does scouting mean? I'm going to. Are you asking me or are you asking Matt? Um, I'm asking Errol. Okay. I'm assuming, I'm assuming it means scouting out a location to film his movie? Or a movie? Oh. 
Or maybe he's scouting for talent, but since he's the director, I would guess he's scouting to for a location to film his movie. Okay. So we have some initials for this meeting. I think we've got some of them over here. AZ isn't one of them, so it's not Adolf from this letter. Um, yeah. Congratulating him on his under-budget movie. But HQ could be Henry Cavetto, who wrote him a note about stop returning his calls and his incompetent crew capturing I'm guessing things on camera in Mexico yeah and then what the other piece of mail is from the bank I don't think they're on that list <laughs> you never know somebody's got to finance these movies <laughs> TB the bank the bank that's right <laughs> hmm so scary um literally nothing's happened <laughs> <laughs> you've got him you've got him psychologically scared I know man. I've got that you got him spooked before we get spooked I'm already insane Yeah, I've, I've failed all my actual sanity checks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll do... We'll think about those a bit later. Uh, let's finish going through this inventory. Yeah, every clue... Also, just like a real mystery, hopefully, every clue isn't going to immediately become like, oh, and yeah, that's this and this is that. Like, it shouldn't be like every piece of the puzzle automatically fits into other things you already have. Sometimes you'll have to... That's why this board's here, so that you can come back to things and go, oh, wait, we know this person, or we know this, or whatever. But So don't feel the need to, like, solve every piece of evidence as you get it. Well, that's hard. Huh. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm an accountant, sure. not a detective. Or a... <clears throat> Day oh, trader. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, I pull out the handgun. <laughs> okay. So, probably dangerously. <laughs> I've already checked it. There's no live rounds in it. <laughs> Correct. It's empty. Good, good um, call. You checked that last week. That's when you kind of first... And, and maybe Rocco overreacted uh, as I listened back to it. You were like, suicide, huh? And I was like, what are you saying? But uh, <laughs> Or what are you implying? But that's that's probably just me knowing what you're implying because you checked the gun for it. Like, <laughs> you didn't, or you don't think it's suicide. But uh, yeah, you checked it. You kind of confronted him about it. He was like, look, I was sick. This isn't, like, I didn't do this, but I presume my partner was the capable person I know he is, and if he says it's suicide, it's suicide. Mm -hmm. Okay. Alright, and then I pull out the jammies. One set of pajamas. Okay. Uh, there is pajamas. blood. Pardon me? <laughs> do they have the prints of uh, the bananas of pajamas? No, it's the 1930s. It's oh. just stripes. It's lame. <laughs> well, the, they wear those in the cartoon too so that's cool 
Okay. Is it blue and white? Sure. Yes, okay. Um, there's blood on this these pajamas. Uh but other than there's no and nothing in the pockets or anything weird or uh anything like that. These are presumably the clothes he died in. I slowly put them back in the box. Sure. Ugh. I kinda shiver a bit. Do you, th- do you think she wants those? I'm gonna guess no. <laughs> it's quite the limb you're going out on there. <laughs> uh, look, I don't know what kind of sentiments Alice is gonna have. Probably not any good ones towards a pair of pajamas he died in and have his blood all over him. Probably true. Okay, Mr. Errol, um, I'm just a little overwhelmed here. Not sure what uh, I can understand we can. That. What should we? Do we get an appraiser out here for the house, or? <laughs> uh, I think maybe we should just walk around a little bit and uh, figure out what's in the house that's worth selling. Or no, it's not even our job either. Let's just walk around, take an inventory of what all's in the house, and then we'll get it. To wherever it needs to go. That would be my suggestion. Sounds good to me. I'll start right here. One broken ass projector. <laughs> That's a technical term. Broken right. Ass. Broken ass, yeah. Sorry. One bullet ridden detail. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, if you want to church it up. <laughs> gonna get all bougie about it <sighs> um yeah and so i would like to just start looking around in this room in this uh film room or whatever he calls it home okay. theater there's obviously uh some nice couches seating chairs this room is larger it's definitely for like entertaining so there's plenty of seating um there's some art on the walls, but nothing that you would be like, oh my god, this guy's got a Picasso. You know, like, it's not like, uh, not that it's bad art, but it's just like, it's nothing to write home about. You, you can get okay. some money for it, nothing, nothing major. And obviously the big thing is the, like, or would be the projector, and then, like, there's a giant screen that he can pull down uh, on the other sure. side of the but that's this room um, next oh, wow. to there's a door uh, I mean there's several doors leading out of here but one of the rooms that catches your eye is you actually see there is like he has a, a kind of a home little studio where he can cut film and he has the tools and equipment to like put film reels together uh, so he it seems like he maybe does some editing in in his home oh, okay. in, this, in this room right next to it. Yeah, I'll step in there and take a look around. Wait, you know that you could get. Okay, I'm waiting. <laughs> I go and pull down the projector screen. It pulls down. There's no like uh, <laughs> message written on it or. 
In blood. You've come to the wrong house. (laughs) Alright, I let it roll up comically. Like when uh, Bugs Bunny gets the tongue to roll back. Um, Anyway, you go into the room, and there's definitely, you know, you could sell some of this. uh, Nice. This gear. I'm not gonna have. I don't have like this guy's full house and every item and. Yeah, no, it's fine. The- I just want to make sure we did our th- job thoroughly. Yes, and at least so say we did. I, if it's all right with you, unless someone has something specific, I'm just gonna tell you. You go through his house. There's furniture. There's a car in the garage. You cannot find a mirror in this house. There, it wasn't like there was a ton. Uh, in fact, you find five mirrors in various spots. That all have a bullet hole in them. <laughs> okay. And you don't find any other mirror. Oh, excuse me. No, take that back. There's four mirrors, and then uh, there's four mirrors. Because the projector also has a bullet in it, and there's six shots. Oh, so gotcha. there's four head. mirrors in the house. Yep, he's he's the sixth one. <laughs> and also uh, his head. Right. Uh... So there's no mirrors that aren't shot in this house. And so those are all messed up and would need to be replaced slash cleaned up. Um, And but otherwise, it's a nice house. He's got a decently nice furniture, appliances, home decor, that kind of thing. It seems like he and he has a lot of like he has a lot of books. He has uh, there are all books on film and art and that kind of stuff, things you'd expect. He has a room that has a lot of props and costumes, presumably, like, potentially souvenirs from different productions he was on. Um, That all feels like you could sell it, or you could, as uh, I think James Duncan said, that's something you could fold up and and box up and send to her if she's interested in having it. These seem like mementos. But again, you could also potentially get some money for it. Okay. And then in the garage you find, like, there's just some amateur, not amateur, but, like, there's parts for stuff, for for cameras, for... You can tell he's done some different things where he plays with, like, light and shadow and trying to get different shots and create like almost like special effects like early day kind of stuff in his garage like half of it there's a car and the other half is this kind of like i don't want to call it bizarre but just like for you especially not a filmmaker it's like it's like a home workshop yeah home workshop kind of thing you can can kind of get the idea of what he's maybe doing in here without him actually having to show you um so there's also like little miniature sets and paints and things that you could potentially sell. Some of it obviously that was used, so maybe it's not really worth much, but uh, it's also the depression, so uh, and that doesn't mean like, oh, and you can sell anything for a price, but like someone might be interested in some, some of this stuff even though it's used or whatever. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. Uh, do we see any either in the workshop area or the um, the room where he cuts film and all that kind of stuff? Do we see any actual film laying around? 
there is some film, but if you look at any of it, it's like there's none in the cutting room. Um, okay. You do find in the garage there's some film that's like in canisters, but it's all blank. Like there's nothing on it. Okay. Oh, and you do find a room with some film canisters that have other movies, and they're labeled. And you, if you do that same check, like he has a home theater, he entertains with these movies. Sure. A lot of them seem to have been directed by him. Like he has a copy of the movies he's made. That makes a lot of sense. Um. Okay. Uh. This all takes you several hours to do. Uh, okay. The phone never rings during this time. Sure. Motherfucker. Yeah, this guy is... Um, Sketchy as hell. I, well, Detective. I'm trying not to be... Um, trying not to be out of character, like like what I think this guy's up to. Um, so, for me, I'm just like... Uh, for the character, I mean, for Errol. You know what? Screw this guy. Um He'll either get back to us or he won't. Um, if we have to, we'll go down there and ask where, you know, ask to see whoever is in charge of booking in the evidence and all this kind of stuff later. But for now, I guess we should just keep doing our job. Actually, it's about time to call it a day, don't you think? Yes. Mason <laughs> can't get out of this house fast enough. So. Right. I know. It's, it's, so I was we, gonna suggest like we organize a cleaning company, but then I was like, "Nope, let's just leave. We'll handle it tomorrow." Yeah, it's time to call it a day. We want to go back to the office, or you uh, want to have your driver come pick us up? Oh yeah, I will uh, call the car company. Nice. Okay, uh, as you go back up to the kind of front landing where the phone was. You notice that there's a piece of mail that's been slipped through, like, the, the mail slot at the front door. That's um, not sketchy at all. It's sitting. <laughs> it's not. It's mail. <laughs> does, does I'm this look guessing like... a, famous, a famous guy dying is probably in the news. And This is, um... Know that. The ma- well, do I know, like... Does, does that look like the mail slot? Or does he have a mailbox at the front of his drive or something? No, he has a slot on his door. Okay. We're just going to say. All right, so... So this is where mail would come. Okay. But, yeah, you don't... I'll pick it up. Okay. Uh, it is going to show up on your board. The bank. No. <laughs> We're coming for your shit. Uh, and you open it, and it is... It looks like an invitation. You can read it aloud. Howard Bartos invites you. Celebrating 50. 277 St. Pierre Road. October 7th, 1932. 6 p.m. onwards. Strictly formal attire. Is there anything on the reverse side? Nope. It's okay. just, it seems like an invitation to a party. Presumably... Whoever this is, 50th birthday party. I'm going to look at George and say, uh, You think maybe we should go check out this party? Yes. Nice. If I'm going to put that in my pocket. 
to tell them that it was in bad taste to send him an invitation. Sure. Sure, why not? Uh, so I'm going to actually just throw that in my jacket pocket. And... I'm going to add this to the date book. I'm just kidding. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'll add it to my own. Super, super weird. <laughs> just, I'll add it to he my own. He has all these days that he hasn't used, so I'll just use them. He does leave a lot of space. Uh, for the listeners at home, each one of those date entries has like 17 unused lines on it. It's a very uh, sparse writer in his planner. I mean, some of those said like all day doing this. Like he's got nothing else to. True. Date book. Also, uh, I, I just. <laughs> It's a lot of work to make all these. <laughs> Didn't want to waste the time with a lot of bullshit. <laughs> Brushes teeth. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So yeah, let's give uh, Mike a call. See if we can get a ride back to the shop or to the uh, office. Oh yeah, pick up yeah, the phone. So operator. Uh. <laughs> forgot the name of my call service car service it's la driving co la driving and co please hold on and they transfer you uh hello la driving co hi this is george bernard it's george who is that not my name hold on george fellows wow. <laughs> <laughs> look i wrote it on a note card and that's where my eyes went and then i didn't change it I tell the guy. Okay, excuse, just kidding. Uh, this is George Fellows. Oh, Mr. Fellows. Sorry, I, that must have been a bad connection. I thought you said Renard. Nope, bad uh, connection. Okay. Uh, yes, uh, well, uh, do you want Mike to come pick you up from the last place he dropped you off? Yes, sir. All right, he'll be, he'll be there shortly. Thank you. And he hangs up. Uh, then shortly, a uh, short time later, uh, Mike pulls up. All right. I want and to take... he gets out and is like, hello, sir. <laughs> hello. I have the box with me with the, I want to ask Errol, do you, you want to put the invitation in here? No. Nope. Keep it all together. Okay. All right. So yeah, I have the box with me and I'm going to take it with me to the office. Okay, you tell him you're going to the office? Yeah. Mike, I mean. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, once you guys are in, he shuts the door and goes and drives you back to uh, Duncan and Associates. Do you, Would you like me to wait here, or are you going to be a while, sir? Uh, you can wait here. Okay. Uh, you, go, you guys go in, and... Uh, James Duncan's actually, like, um, on his way out. He's got his coat. He's like, oh, thank goodness I caught you. I forgot to give you a key uh, this morning, uh, but I made one for you. And he uh, (laughs) digs through his pocket and hands you a key. And he's like, there you go, in case you're ever coming in after hours. uh, How how was the first day? Did it all go well? Um, Yeah, a lot of questions. It's a lot of, uh, but yeah, we got it scoped out. 
All right, good. Uh, just keep at it. Again, no rush in particular, other than, you know, just generic good American work ethic and all that. Hmm. Mr. Duncan. Yes. Do we have a safe in the office we could use, or? Sure. Uh, what do you, I, I can put something in the safe for you. Well, what do you it, need? It's just that? we have um, his personal effects from uh, that were given to us by the police, and we didn't want to leave him in the in the house unattended. Or is there something special that needs to be locked up, or can it just be locked up in your office? There's well, a I suppose gun. it could just be locked up in our office, but there is a... Well, but back then, that wouldn't be a thing. No one would care. <laughs> Everyone just has um, a gun in their drawer. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, he, just, it, yeah, he doesn't a, care. If you're yeah, like, it's America. Gun. Yeah. Uh, like, so, George, I can... T- I mean, it's potentially valuable film. Film reel. Hmm. I, uh, well, again, I, I saw that one film that he made, and I'm not too worried about <laughs> Right. It. So, yeah, you can just keep it in your office. Will do. Thanks. If it's jewelry or gold or something or something special like that, I can I can lock it up for you. But uh, it, uh, uh, do you want me to look at it, or do you think you can just put it in your office? We'll just put it in the office, sir. Okay, great. Uh, have a great night. I'll... Uh, I'll see you later. All right. The key. You too, like, we'll lock up. Yeah, he's like, great. Yeah, because the the secretary and the paralegal seem to already be gone. Okay, sure. It's like 5.30 by the time mm-hmm. you guys get back. Okay. All right. Step into the office. Did she get all the shit out of the office? Yep. When you walk oh. in, it's uh, brand new. All cleaned up. The desks are facing each other, just like you presumed you wanted. <laughs> just like God intended. No, nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, nice. she left your desks where they yeah. were. That um, would be hilarious. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I checked the key. Does it lock our office door? Yeah. Okay. Let's just say yes. <laughs> Easier. He gave you maybe he gave you two keys, yeah, like like a ring of keys. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, I gotta just leave the box here on my desk. Sure. I, I have to apologize, Errol. I don't know what has me <laughs> so on edge <laughs> with this job. <laughs> Not sure. So, really, Could be the suicide that might not be a suicide. Really or... turn into my uh, productivity. No, it's no worries. <laughs> I just love the idea that you're like, oh, hold up, and like pull down the the sheet or whatever for the screen. Like, I'm so sure there's going to be a message in blood, and it's just like a plain white sheet. <sighs> All right. Well, do you want to ride home? Sure. I appreciate it. Thank you. Cool. I leave the box here and lock the office door. Okay. And then uh, lock up the office and then get back in with Mike. 
Okay, you guys are getting in the car with Mike. Mike's uh, shutting the door. And as, like, you're getting in the car, though, you see this, a car down the way uh, suddenly starts speeding up towards you. And it pulls over, like, kind of recklessly, right in front of blocking Mike's car. And popping out of it is Detective Martin Rocco. And he is coming kind of... He's not running, but he's briskly walking over to, uh, like, the passenger side door that you guys just went through. And Mike's like, what the hell? Like, who the hell do you think you are? And he's like, not right now. I'm police. Police. This is police business. And he, like, knocks on the window. He's like, get out. Get out, you two. I get out. I'll, I'll step out. What the hell is going on? What the hell are you talking about? I I just got back from fucking Nat's house. He's dead. Who? My Who? partner, Nathan Gleason, is dead. He shot every mirror in his fucking house, and then he put a bullet in his own head. And I want to know what the fuck is going on. Did you find anything else there? Anything that ties the two crimes together? No, but I don't understand how two people are committing suicide in the same bizarre fashion. I thought your guy was just some sort of kook or had some (laughs) sort of breakdown. And now my partner's dead in the same way. Something's up. Yeah, it sounds like it, but we don't know anything about that. We just found out about this literally today. You didn't find anything weird at the at the house. There's nothing going on. You didn't find anything. No, I checked. The only for thing I found messages is... and everything. Found <laughs> 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 uh, like matching his head. What was the goddamn thing over there? Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I checked for blood messages. Fucking, you know the whole nine. No. Um, the only thing I found that was weird was one of those two film canisters you handed us was empty. And the place where he shot himself, or he shot his projector anyway, uh, I, I don't know. That's the only thing I found that was weird. Does Nate have a projector at his house? Yeah. Or does, did, where, did you find any film there or anything? No, he, no, he doesn't have a projector he's like thinking uh, I don't I don't know I don't think so he didn't have a projector he doesn't have film this is too weird I'm all right I'm sorry I'm sorry can I meet with you two tomorrow sure where, where do you want do you want to meet here or do you want to meet back at your guy's house where I met you today here um, <laughs> I don't know that was coming, or that, um, or that diner right there. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's fine. Here is fine. Okay, I need to, I need to sort this out. This is something's wrong. Something's not adding up. But I'll, I'll bring the police reports tomorrow. Okay, we, we can compare them. Okay. Can you check? I tap him on his shoulder, and I'm like, "Watch your back." What does that? What does that mean? 
Well, it, I mean, in case it wasn't suicide, he was your partner. They may think you know something too. Gleason was a suicide. His wife was in the house. She, she swears. I mean, she's telling us that he killed himself. Where's she at? Still at the house? She's. I think she's at her sister's or something. I don't know. I left after a while. We, they wouldn't let me in because I'm his partner and I can't. I'm not supposed to uh, be digging into too much of this myself. So that's why I'm here. I'm going off the only lead that I can. That I know something. Something well, we'll, weird's going on. We'll help you out any way we can. Because something strange is going on here. Did you? So wait, he. Nathan, your partner, he's the one who collected the personal items from the Deceased. Joseph Guy's house. <laughs> yeah, he was the lead detective. Did he say anything about one of the film canisters being empty? I haven't talked to him about this. I've, I've been out sick this past week. Hmm. So I wasn't involved in any of this investigation he handled this all on his own do you know anyone who would have had access to these items before they before you brought them to us I mean I'm sure they were kept at the station so literally every cop cool okay could walk in and do anything with it alright we'll see you tomorrow alright he like he looks shaken up he's you know, clearly kind of flying by the seat of his pants. And so he goes and starts his car. And as he backs up, he's kind of also creating a bit of a traffic jam with his antics. Uh, but as he backs up and drives away, we see uh, someone on an alley, like Kitty Corner, as the sun is like setting and the shadows are growing longer. Just You just see the, the tip of a cigarette like light up and his face face of a man kind of illuminate and we'll leave it there for this week nice ah, fuck <laughs> thanks for listening we'd appreciate it if you could take a minute to rate and review us on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you get your podcasts you can find us on twitter at whose dice or at whose dice are these anyway at gmail.com Thanks again. We'll see you next week.